All right, so tonight's guest is uh, Painted Prophet. Um, does a lot of oil paintings and a lot of um, realistic portraits. And uh, I just want to welcome you here, uh, Josh. Uh, can you tell us a little bit how you got started in art? Uh, what age you started painting and how long you've been doing it for? Yeah, so uh, I mean, I got started doing drawings of, uh, you know, my brother's hip-hop magazine cover and uh, just... Any type of articles that they would bring home, I would I would mimic, you know, draw. I didn't really do uh, sports. I didn't really play video games. This is really all I did. And uh, I started to, um, you know, when I went to art class in elementary and middle school, my teacher would actually submit the artwork that I would did to different contests, different art shows, and art galleries. And she would just come back and tell me, hey, you were in this art show. Or you're you won this contest. I'm like, whoa, you know, I, I wasn't even respecting it, so it all really just came to me without me even trying. But now, you know, you know <clears throat> things are a little different now. Um, I and then once I moved, it, but say I live in I'm from St. Louis, so uh, it's a lot of people just you know doing artwork and creative stuff there, but nothing really benefiting. You know what I mean? Like it's not really a it's not really a market there for art, so. I moved to LA and then um, got acquainted with a lot of people uh, who, who was in the you know music scene and art world and uh, I was able to meet Snoop Dogg and uh, a couple other people you know so and now uh, I've done some murals on Melrose uh, and uh, I've done murals on in, in house for some prominent people but. Know, now I feel like it's more everything's getting towards this digital space, so you know, I just want to, I just want to uh, you know, reacclimate a little bit more about that. You know what I mean? So, is the the main like medium that you use for your art is it oil painting? Yeah, oil painting, acrylic painting. Yep, and I do I do graphic design. I did graphic design, but I usually did it for you know like. Um, Did I lose you? But it, I rarely use the, the graphic. Oh, uh, sorry. I rarely, <laughs> it's okay. Twitter I, spaces. I was, Twitter spaces are rough. I rarely used it. Um, graphic design as a final stage. I usually edit my pictures with. You know, I'm sorry. Set up the pictures with with uh, graphic with Photoshop and things like that. So, but I mainly use yeah, I mainly use oil paint. I mainly use uh, I mainly use uh, acrylic and things like that. I see like a lot of your pieces that you have on Instagram have to do with like artists that have passed away, like XXX and Nipsey Hussle and Mac Miller. Uh, were were these pieces that were like petitioned from family members of those, or are these from record labels that they were signed to, or is it just kind of like an homage to their career that you decided to do those pieces? That's a great question. Um, so my, I feel like a lot of my artwork was um, I, what I'm called to. So I rarely just make. I rarely just make pieces. 
I mostly make pieces um, that, that heals somebody. You know what I mean? Like, like I started, like, like I started painting people because, like, when somebody dies, it's almost like I'm bringing them back to life with their own. You know what I mean? And then it became like a lady for me. Where people, you know, started requesting, okay, you know, can you paint this Kobe mural? Can you paint this, um, you know, mural of, of, of Nipsey Hussle or somebody else who passed away, you know? Uh, and then I just became my thing. And then uh, I start, I kind of felt a way about it, but I started to realize, you know, if I'm a healer, I, I knew, I always knew I was a healer in some form of fashion. And this is, that was just the medium that I was uh, using it for, you know, to, to, to relieve people's. Um, anger and, and tension, things like that. How long does it take to make a piece? Because the one that um, I put up on Twitter here to advertise the spaces tonight of Nipsey, uh, it looks like you got that done like only a couple days after his passing. Does it take you like, does, does is this something that you could do like in a relatively quick fashion or is this something that generally takes time or it, it varies from piece to piece? So it definitely varies from style to style, I mean, because that particular style is more abstract, where I kind of focus, just focus on the the main parts, like the eyes and things like that, that I have to really define. But for the most part, it's more like an abstract piece that I'm just, you know, flinging, swinging, flinging a pen around. But there are times which pieces could take, some pieces could take three, four hours, some pieces could take days, you know? Um, some take it up a week. Up to a week, though. But that particular one, that particular one took about four or five hours. I can't even grasp how quick you could do something like that. That would take me like four or five months, probably, to do something like a even, not even ten percent of that artistic ability. So, like, for, for somebody like myself that's not artistic um, as far as, like, drawing and painting, is this something that you feel that you could practice at and get better? Or having that type of skill, is that something that you're kind of just born with and you have an eye for? See, I actually thought, I actually thought that you just had to have a talent for something like that. Because that's... I, you know, mastered this over decades, but I went to, when I went to college, I went to college for art, and, can you hear me better now? Hello? Yeah. I went, I went to college for art, and I went, had one of my classes, there was a lady, uh, the one of my teachers, she had people using rulers and protractors and all these different, you know, math calculations and stuff to make the proportions right to where that she taught people how to draw as good as me. And I hated that. Like, I, I, I got mad because it took me 10 years what somebody, she took a couple months to teach somebody else using math and protractors. So I kind of felt the way about that, but I so I ended up like, you know, rebelling against her and didn't stop. I didn't use any rulers or anything like that. And uh, 
that ended up, she ended up never giving me an A, always got a B. But um, I used to be mad at her. I used to hold a grudge against her. But now I realize that, you know, if, if she let me slide on that, then I probably would have. I probably would have never, uh, you know, grew from <laughs> grew from the, the artistry that I was doing at that time. And now I, I appreciate it. You know, you got to follow the rules. But no, I feel like uh, everybody could, anybody could do it. You just have to really, really want it. Yeah, some things to me seem like practice doesn't always make perfect. It seems like sometimes it it really is something that you have to grasp from a person-to-person basis. I don't know if I, if I practiced art maybe 10 hours a day, maybe I could do something decent, but I just don't feel like I could do it. And I, I don't know, maybe that's okay. So who, who was the first celebrity that ever petitioned a piece of work from you? That's a good question. Well, see, you say celebrity, so I kind of work my way up from like the D-list, B-list, Snoop Dogg, I would say, is probably the first one where I actually got to, like, he embraced me and, like, posted me on his page, things like that. He had a, um, he got a Hollywood star. He got a Hollywood star uh, walk on the Walk of Fame. And uh, I just brought a painting up to him. I just, uh, and then his son... I just pulled up right to the plate, you know, where he was. Like, his son seen him, like, oh, you giving that to us? I'm like, yeah. Um, so, uh, and then he, you know, he would just, he posted me right there, right to me on the page. So, um, and then I think it, I think it actually uh, kind of spiraled after that. Yeah, only that, that one person to really make your career blow up or to make you kind of realize like, oh, well, I'm a big player in this now, too. Um, you know, that, that's the thing, too, in like the NFT space. Like yesterday night, we went into uh, Twitter spaces and a woman who had 100 followers had a couple pieces of her art bought by Gary V. And the next thing you know, she made like 30 grand overnight and then had 12,000 followers in like the matter of a day. So it really is. You just need that little spark, I think, in a lot of this uh, in a lot of these spaces in order to really blow up. That's crazy that you have connections like that. So like, I'm pretty sure that if you start minting NFTs and you got pull with guys like Snoop Dogg and Nick Cannon and all these people that you've done work for already, I think you're going to be a complete superstar in this space. Oh, man. I'm glad you brought that up. So Nick Cannon was the first person that embraced me. Um, I, but I, but it wasn't portraits. It was, um, I painted, I customized clothes for him for when he did hosting gigs. The ur- you know, from when he didn't, when he went did urban, you know, casual stuff, and he didn't have to wear a suit. I would make the clothes for him. I'd make him like a leather jacket, paint, you know, paint something on it or paint some shoes. But, well, I'm sorry. Nick Cannon was the first person I worked with. Snoop Dogg was the first person who embraced me. I think there's a difference, you know. But, yeah, I definitely got to shout out Nick Cannon. And I do agree on what you're saying as far as, uh, because people see you. You know, some, some there's a group, a lot of group of people that do see you. They just will wait to celebrate you 
until someone else does, you know, and that I see that a lot. So when you do so there, so, you know, like a lot of people will say, oh, you changed when, you know, you may go up a level like, no, I didn't change. I've been doing the same thing. But the way you perceive me has now changed. So, yeah, when you get that tap on your shoulder, that's the way people perceive you changes. And um, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for however I get my successes. Now, you also, as you just talked about, you also do uh, fashion. I've seen you do a lot of stuff with sneakers, jackets, uh, a whole bunch of different types of clothing that people would wear. Um, do people reach out to you also for clothing um, still, or is that something that you kind of did when you first started with Nick Cannon, and now you typically just stick with uh, paintings and stuff like that? So clothes, people hit me up for clothes sometimes, but it's mainly when I put something out, then they'll buy it. And that's really what I really want to get back to, because I do a lot of commissions for artwork. But I really want to get back to making the piece and then buying it, so that way um, I can stay free, you know what I mean? And stay in my creative space as opposed to having to create something that somebody else, out of somebody else's imagination, you know? But I'm definitely getting back into clothes because I tried to be a consumer for a while and it doesn't work. Like, I really want to be, I really like making my own clothes, you know? And there's a, there was a point in time in which I'd see somebody uh, with, you know, a certain type of uh, style and I'd be like, oh, I, or, or, you know, I'll see a, 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 in a store and I'm like, oh, I want to buy that. That happened. That was only for like a year. But then after now, I see some clothes and I just get mad. Like, oh, I could have designed that, you know. So it's all about the fire. And I still have I still have the fire for being a clothing designer. And I still there are clothing stores that I put my clothes in, and they're still hitting me up. You know what I mean? Like, like, yo, when are you gonna get back? When are you gonna get back to it? Get back to it. So, you know, there's a there's a need for it, and I have to yearn for it. So, definitely gonna get back to it very soon. Is there a point in time? Is there a point in time where you kind of hit that? hit that like gap where it went from being a passion to a job and sometimes you kind of get to the point where you're not really excited about what you're doing well i'm there right now this is this is that time <laughs> like i've gotten so because there's no hobbies you know what i'm saying like when i was a clothing designer i had a hobby where i was painting when i was a painter i had a hobby where i made clothes uh and then you know um, so now I, I, made, I made sufficient money off both all things, even my clothing line. I was a stylist for a TV show uh, for two seasons, two different shows. Um, you know, like I said, I styled Nick Cannon for a good two or three years. And then now I've done murals on Melrose and murals and, and rappers' houses and stuff like that. So it's almost like I've done all those those exciting things that you know my the child in me wanted to do you know i still want to do things like you know produce some some tennis shoes for a prominent brand and you know do a runway in you know, paris and stuff like that but for the most part i pretty much done all the you know checked off all the boxes that i wanted to do so it does kind of feel like what am i gonna do now you know what i mean how are you gonna wow now 
So yeah, no, for sure. So you like to recreate yourself a lot. And I think that's something important because now you have a huge opportunity with the digital space and making NFTs. I mean, you could still do what you're doing. You could still do an oil painting, but then you could do a snapshot of it and then you could load it up. And the cool thing about it is you make royalties and every time it gets resold, you're making money on top of it. And uh, I know you're kind of new to the NFT space, but I think it's a huge opportunity for you, especially with the connections that you have. Yeah, I definitely um, don't want to get left behind on this one, you know, because this, you know, I know this is a, a trend that's it's kind of like kind of like Instagram, you know, if you got in when it started, you know, you could have got verified and got hundreds of thousands of followers just just because, you know, but now you got to really work, really work hard for it. Unless you're doing the reels and the TikTok, you know, videos you know, consistently every day, then you really got to bush. Well, you even got to bush ass doing doing it then. But, but yeah, no, I want to be able to grow with the community as opposed to having to try to catch up. You know. Yeah, last night we were actually in a Twitter space with Snoop. He was in there with us. So there are a lot of people. Like I've been in spaces with Mike Tyson, Snoop. I mean, just crazy people that like I would never ever think that I would be in the same room and be able to talk to. And it's 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 pretty wild, man. Like the you know, I'm just a kid from Jersey that really was never anything too popular and now I'm like talking with celebrities on a daily basis and it's kinda like we're in an infantile stage of this and everybody's kinda like at the same playing field. You know, nobody's better than the other and it's it's really crazy how things are just blowing up super fast. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I wish I was in it, like, I like the board, hey, it's kind of like Bitcoin, you know, two years ago. Like, if you got in, you're, you're, you're a millionaire now. And it's like, man, nobody even knew about it back then, you know? But so I don't want, but it's still, like, Bitcoin is still going up. So I don't want to be that guy to think, like, oh, board Ape cashed in and it's over. Like, no, there's probably going to be another brand like board Ape that comes out soon. You know that that uh gets that same amount of recognition. Oh, we could be you know we could be those brands that get those same recognition. You know, so like I said, I definitely want to uh, definitely don't want to get left behind on this. So you do a lot of like community outreach and uh, charity stuff. I see. Like I saw you do a lot of murals that uh, in like inner city places. You were doing a lot of stuff in Compton and. Uh, you know, just a lot of beautiful paintings that you put on the sides of buildings that normally would get graffitied. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? So, yeah, a lot of people, um, well, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but I did get questioned from time to time why I chose certain places to paint my murals. Because, you know, people wanted me to be so prestigious. But I'm like, Kenny Scarf, you know, he, he was hanging around with, he was one of the, I don't know if you know who that is, but um, he was one of the artists that came up with Basquiat and Andy Warhol and Keith Haring and but he wasn't the most famous one out of all of them but he kept really going and he kept really, he painted cards for free for people he painted he did murals on the side of repair shops you know what I mean and things like that and now he has a, 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 a design deal with Christian Dior one of the highest 
you know, um, fashion houses. So I don't really, and it's more about, you know, I don't really do paintings, like I said, to, to feed my ego. I do it to relieve stress. And that's where, uh, you know, relieve people's tension and make them feel better, you know, emotionally, you know. And that's, in the inner city, those are the places that need the most, those are the places that need the most healing, you know. Those are the places that need the most beautifying. So, yeah, I definitely chose a lot more unusual places to do my murals. Do you do a lot of gallery work? I don't know if you heard my question. Do you do a lot of art gallery? Okay. No, so, um, no, I don't really do that many art guys, but I, I, I want to, you know what I mean? Like, I just need to, um, you know, take the time and really sit down and uh, figure out the artwork, the, you know, a collection that I want to make that, uh, a collection of art pieces that really speak to, uh, 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 you know, one statement. And, um, you know, I, I'm just waiting on those. You know, it, uh, galleries are like a closed circuit, you know. So you have, you have to pretty much wait till they reach out to you unless you have a, a manager who is really, you know, like a gorilla. So, or has those connections. So, uh, I'm still waiting on them to knock, knock me on my door. Yeah, I saw this one piece. I saw this one piece that you uh, Ronald Darby. You left your mic open. Sorry about that. Um, I saw a piece that you did for Ronald Darby when he was playing for the Eagles, and it's a big canvas. It's like five feet by four feet or something like that. Now, is there a huge cost in materials? Like, is there a big overhead before you do something like that? I saw you put tempered glass on it and everything. Are you there? He might be. He might be getting rugged. If you can't hear me, um, you might be getting disconnected. So. Just uh, if you could click back on the link that I sent you on Telegram. Hello? Oh, there you are. Okay, cool. Yeah, sometimes the Twitter spaces freeze up. You hear me? Yep, yep, I'm here. All right, so I, what I was asking you is, how much is the overhead generally when you're buying, like, the canvases and the framing and... Uh, and stuff like that. I, I saw that you you did a piece for Ronald Darby when he was playing for the Eagles, and it was like five feet by four feet. Is is the overhead cost before you do one of these like a huge huge amount of money? Oh yeah. So the overhead for the 
the glass and the resin can be a lot and the, the um, preparation for something like that can be very tedious. So, you know, that takes like however long it takes you to make the painting, you still have to do the resin and the glass uh, technique and which could, if you don't do it right, it can damage your floors and damage wherever space that you painted, you mean that you were painting. So, um, yeah, I would say it, the overhead is, is nice. The overhead so, is, yeah, definitely. So is it like super high pressure that you do it right the first time? And if you do make a mistake, is there a way to kind of cover up the problem with oil paint? Like if you were to have a tattoo that you didn't like and you could cover up a tattoo, is it like that? Or do you have to just start a brand new canvas? You saying if I mess up the resin, what is it, is it over? I'm, I'm just saying if you, if you mess up the painting, like if, if you do something that you don't necessarily like, is it easy to correct it or is it with the painting itself or would you just have to start a brand new canvas all over again? That's the good thing about painting is that you can just paint over whatever you messed up on. Now, if you messed up on the resin, then you then you messed up on the whole painting. You gotta do that over. But the painting is... Uh, no, you can definitely paint it over. All right, cool. So you've done body painting as well. I saw you did a, a few models. You did body paint on them. Yep, I've done body painting. Um, I've done painting on pretty much any medium you can think of. And one of my friends, he's heavy into the body paint. So there were, I didn't want to do it, you know, because I feel like that was his thing. And I don't want to step on anybody's toes. But I end up... Um, there ended up being so many times necessary that um, that I that I needed to help him on stuff, and then I just ended up getting in the getting in that acclimated in that space. But it's a very high sexual charged uh, community that I don't really want to be a part of. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that I've done it, but like it's kind of toxic. It's fun though. But, you know, I didn't want to make a, uh, a career out of it. Understood. Um, I only got a couple more questions for you. I, I don't really want to keep you too long. I know you're kind of busy. Um, when you do your paintings, do you prefer to do it in silence or do you prefer to have music going in the background? And does music greatly inspire uh, your paintings when you're at work? It just depends where where I'm at. Like I mean, like not where I'm at, but like mentally where I'm at. And uh, sometimes I'll be in silence, and I just like to think. Or sometimes, <clears throat> a lot of times, I'll be painting in silence on accident because I'm so deep in the thought that I don't even realize that uh, I'm in. You know, you know, the music is not playing, the TV's not playing. But a lot of times, um, I'll listen to music to start. Like, like I'll listen to some loud, uh, exciting music to really get me energized. But then, once it's time to endure, have some endurance, then I'll 
I might go on Netflix and binge watch a TV show, you know, that just has, you know, 10 episodes. And I just let them play back to back. So the endurance of the show keeps me locked in, too. So, you know, I, I have all mediums. It just really depends on where I'm at, where I'm at mentally, you know. I've been binge watching 60 days in on Netflix and it's kind of like ruining my days lately. I've been watching it for like six or seven hours of the clip. Sixty days, what's that? I lost you there. You said you watch a show called Sixty Days. Sixty days in, they basically like take people from the street and they put them in prison for sixty days undercover, and they gotta kind of like make their way around. And I don't know. It's probably fake as shit, but it's entertaining. So, um, is it pretty essential for an artist like yourself to move to a major city like Los Angeles or New York in order to get recognition? Or can somebody from, like, let's say, uh, Detroit or somewhere in Montana, could they be able to get the same type of recognition as you would in a major city? Through the power of uh, social media, you can be in any city now. But when I moved to L.A., there really wasn't much opportunity um, just by just posting online. You know, it wasn't that much of a unless I mean, people, everybody go viral. You know, you got YouTube, you got things like that. But I'd say just off the strength. No, you know, but uh if you really promote yourself on social media, like, you know, utilize it, then yeah, you know, there's always that um, opportunity there to, to grow. Uh, but one thing I would say is, uh, I mean, cause it's whatever suits you, whatever's comfortable for you. So if you uh, are more in the streets, you know, cause I like to get in the street. I like, you know, I, I got, a, I got some recognition from like what really mo- motivated me to give, Snoop Dogg um, a painting for his Hollywood star was because I was painting on Hollywood Boulevard already. I was already painting on Hollywood Boulevard whenever it was somebody's birthday, whenever it was a star's birthday, they had a star and it was their birthday or the anniversary of their, you know, uh, or of, of getting it or passing. I would go, not only would I go to Hollywood and like, you know, paint on top of their star because, you know, all the tourists would come and take pictures of it. Uh, but I would dress up like them sometimes too. So like I would dress, I dressed up like Michael Jackson once and uh, when, when they painted on his star. Um, uh, I dressed up like Will Smith one time, like uh, fresh the Fresh Prince one time and painted on his star. So... Uh, you know, I like I like to get in the streets and get my recognition. Like, um, but like I said, if you it is really what, uh, however you do it. But that's why that's really why I moved for out of St. Louis because there wasn't really any recognition that you would get outside of it. Oh, like oh, that's nice. Like, but you wouldn't get anything from it. You know. Yeah, gotcha. Hey, if anybody has any questions for Painted Profit, feel free to shout it out.
So who's the um, who's the one person that you've done a piece of artwork for that you were a, a big fan of and were able to meet them after you've done it? Um, I really had to say Snoop. I mean, because everybody else I didn't really care about, you know. I mean, 50 Cent, 50 Cent and Snoop Dogg, those are probably the two people that are like, for, like I feel like are untouchable, kind of like Illuminati status where, you know, you can't really get to them. So, you know, and that's somebody, that's a lot of people's grail is, oh, I want to smoke with Snoop Dogg one day. Like, you know, I was able to, I was able to do that, you know. I didn't, I didn't hit the blunt, but he, you know, I got offered and, you know, uh, Wiz Khalifa, that was a, he was a pretty good, um, uh, cool vibe. I got to chill with him in the studio and watch him make like four songs back to back. And you know, when people say like, oh, I made that, that song. Oh, I made it in five minutes. Like a lot of people be lying when they say that, that they made the song in five minutes. But I sat there and watched Wiz Khalifa, I, I, the, the, the engineer play a beat. He'll nod his head for a second and then we'll just start thinking like some melody or and then just start putting words together. One line after line. I right, record. He'll say a line. OK, blah, 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 blah. OK, record. Say another line and he'll piece a whole song together or at least a verse and a hook. And in, in, in like literally like five minutes and then there will be and I'm I'm kind of acclimated in music and stuff. So when I seen. When I was like, you know, and I when I would watch him do this, I would be thinking like, oh, he could do that. Oh, he should do this. Oh, he could like, you know, tweak it like this or say, or maybe he could say this melody in the background. I kid you not, everything I thought of, he ended up doing it. He ended up doing a melody in the background that said that was similar to what I was thinking, or you know, or he'll say an ad lib, you know, accentuating something he said, to where I'm like, okay, no, this guy, like. I'll listen to I'll, when I listen to his music now. I listen to it in a totally different light because he really knows what he's doing, and um, so I really liked Wiz's music, but I really appreciated him a lot more after I got to see him work. But yeah, so Wiz, so I would say Wiz, you know, and and Snoop and Fifty Cent. Yeah, it's it's pretty magical. Uh, it's pretty magical when somebody that's a musician um, has that, you know, wherewithal as far as how, like, music is structured. Um, I've been a musician for a long time, but I am I have friends that you could just hum a beat or hum a melody, and the next thing you know, it's already being recorded. And that that's pretty, it's pretty, like, crazy how people could do stuff like that, like, just off the top of their head. And I, I totally understand what you're what you're talking about when you're saying that. It's it's almost like magic. Like how the fuck did that just happen? No, for sure. So it was like I can see he lives in the in the moment. He doesn't think, he just does it. He's a and that's what we're supposed to really do, like. You say never second guess yourself, you know, just go with your first mind. I feel like your first mind is your intuition. And I feel like your intuition is your spirit. And I feel like your spirit is really when you're channeling yourself as a vessel and your uh, angels or whatever medium you, you know, you're, you're allowing to engage with is feeding you this information. So 
when that's when when he when you just get a thought, that first thought, or you just get a creative idea. I feel like those thoughts are you channeled that, you know, because we know everything. We've been here before. We know everything. You know, that's why, like, when you see something, a new invention or a new commercial on TV uh, showing a new product, first time, a lot of times people be like, oh, man, I could have thought of that. Or why didn't I think of that? You did think of it. It just didn't register because, you know, you just weren't inspired in that moment. Are you a big basketball fan? I see you do a lot of stuff uh, with Kobe Bryant in it. I am a big basketball fan, but I'm not like a, I don't really have a team that I, you know, really like go for. I'm more of a underdog kind of guy. So I'm really rooting for Alonzo Ball right now because, you know, he has such a great trajectory and then they crucified him right after that. So the fact that he's on the Bulls and they have one of the best records and he just hit, you know, 27 uh, seven and eight on on LeBron's head. Not, I mean, I love the Lakers, but <laughs> I know LeBron was sitting on the bench, just greasing his teeth, wishing he could, you know, do something about this. But, um, you know, the fact that he 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 dogged the Pelicans and dogged the Bulls, and he, you know, everybody just counting him out. That's those are the types of storylines that I I root for. You know. So what's the most discouraging thing about being an artist? The most discouraging thing about being an artist is that two things. There's not really an industry for it. The industry that there is, like the galleries and stuff like that, it's a closed circuit. It's like Illuminati, you know? They don't tell you how to get in. They don't tell you how to stay in. And then once you're in, they uh, the people, those type of people who don't, those people, you know, don't tell you the formula. They don't pull you pull you up. You know, there's a lot of different industries where you get in and then they somebody pulls a group of people up. That does not happen in the art world. So you really have to figure it out on your own. And the second thing is there's no loyalty on on, on style. And, and you know, unless you are like really putting yourself out there and posting every single day and really uh, having different murals in, you know, in front of everybody's face in different big places or if you have these big grandioso deals, commercial deals, then the style that you have is the style of the world. Like you're inspiring somebody Every time you post a piece of art, you're inspiring somebody to do that same thing. And I, every, I feel like every three to six months, there's a new group of artists that come out, a new group of artists that are inspired to make art. And when you start something, you usually make it as your idol. Yeah, you usually do it. You usually do it in the style of your favorite artist. You know. So the problem is now is that. Jesus. In response to COVID nineteen, we have strengthened our clean regimen. And that subway's hating you right now. 
So I think. Okay, last thing, last thing, last thing. So the the thing that I the real thing I hate is that. Okay. The one real thing I hate is that you know because somebody has attention, that's equating to how good you are. You know, there's a person who has a hundred thousand followers or a million followers who can wake up tomorrow like, oh, I want to be a rapper, I want to be an actor, I want to be an artist, and then. They get a hundred thousand likes on this picture they posted, and that usually equates to how good it is. And then you know somebody you've been grinding all your life with a certain style or colorway or something that makes you unique, and then somebody with more clout or more money or more followers can do that same thing, and then now it's his. You know what I mean? And then you could be like, "Oh, I made that, or that was mine." Oh, you only got two thousand followers, so no, it wasn't. You know. That's the one thing I hate. And I, I've done that. I feel like I've done that plenty of times where I've brought something, a style, or a tweak of a style into the arena of art. And then there was a group of people like, oh, thanks. And they'll, they'll get more fame. I've seen like girls who are, you know, who poke their butt out in the picture with a, with a, a pain that they clearly stole from me. And now they are, um, you know, got more recognition from it. No, so that that's probably the one thing I don't care for. But everything else, you know, it just, it just comes with the comes with the territory. Well, that's the beautiful thing about NFTs because they're linked directly to the author or the artist that created it, and there's no one that can say any different. Everything is just loaded onto the blockchain, and there's no dispute. So. That's another reason why you should really get into this space. You know, nobody's nobody's going to steal your thunder for sure when it comes to NFTs. Um, and also, like the community is super supportive. Like, there's nobody that's really haters on each other. Everybody's kind of like so new to it right now that everybody kind of got each other's backs. It's not really a toxic environment. Nobody's trying to like shit on each other or anything like that. So it's it's really cool and. Uh, you know, um, looking forward to having you become a part of it. I don't know if you uh, saw today, but the Staples Center out there just got renamed to the Crypto.com Arena. So it's going to start being mass adopted and it's going to be a beautiful thing that's going to be happening very soon in cryptocurrency in the NFT space. Oh, no. Yeah, like Facebook changing the name to Meta. Uh, Staples Center name and then changing the name to Crypto.com. Like, I don't even want to know how much money if this space got sponsored or how much money was transferred for that. Because, you know, Staples, I'm sure they, that's a classic name. So I'm sure they had the opportunity because at the end of the day, it's all about business. I'm sure that Staples has the opportunity to pay, to match or pay more for, to keep the name. And they was like, okay, this is not beneficial for us anymore. So... It's not just the fact that they would change their name. Like, how much did they have to pay to put that name up there? And, you know, that's really what it is because, um, you know, that really shows the power. That really shows the power of, of where everything's going. The money that already been made enough to dish it out just to put your name on a building, you know? Absolutely. Um yeah, we're going we're gonna to get ready to wrap it up soon, but if anybody wants to say anything to Painted Profit or ask them a question before we wrap things up, um, 
I promised them we were only going to keep them for 45 minutes today. I don't really want to break my promise. So anyone has any questions or anything, feel free to shout it out. What's been your biggest hurdle in growing your your brand? The biggest hurdle is adopting new techniques while sustaining a style that of a brand recognition. Like to evolve but not change is like the hardest thing to do, you know, like there's always going to be a new trend. So you, okay. So the two things you have to do, you, you have the option to, you have to adapt or you have to stay the same. Now I know this sounds like, you know, obviously that, you know, of course, but I've seen brands that will, let's talk about clothing lines. I've seen brands that would, whatever style that they were doing, you know, they would so they would be so concrete on this that when they, when the new trends came out and they were still doing it, it was like, oh y'all, oh y'all, they washed up. Now like y'all not, not up to date with the times. And then now I see them still doing this same style of coming out with these same type of clothes, two years. Three years passed. But then that third year, that fourth year, or that fourth season, where that style is trendy again, this, that now it's like they own it. Now they're like gods. So if you can keep a style, you can create a style, and then keep it even when the trends change, everything comes full circle. So then when it does come back around, and you're still doing that, now you're going to be like a goat in that area so that's the real question like do i adapt and move with the times or do i stay was you know because you could turn into a blockbuster and then like you know become a dinosaur but i've seen people who've stayed the course and stayed the same way like polo like polo you whatever they've been making they've been making that forever but every and, and every two three years you don't you know they're they'll become a trend again and He'd be doing he's doing the same thing and now he's a billionaire, you know. So that's the 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 decision you have to make is to adapt or to stay the same and just wait for the tide to come in for you. That was the most real shit I've ever heard in my life. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that thank thanks for your thanks for your uh, answer. That was incredible. No, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you guys listening to me. So I'm willing to just give the wisdom to anybody who's willing to listen, you know. <laughs> but thank you guys, truthfully, for the um, the wisdom, for the for the questions. Y'all lifted my spirits, you know what I mean, and y'all got me ready to, to bust out some NFTs. Yes, hey, what's the best way to reach you? We need to get some custom gear or some paintings or something, mate. Uh, yeah, you can hit me up at Painted Profit. You know, that's on Twitter or that's on Instagram. You know, so uh, DM me. I'll hit you back. All right. Will do. Will do.